Ole Miss goes all in on Camarion Franklin. Will it work? You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I hope everybody is having an excellent hump day as we get ready for the next two weeks that in recruiting could be very interesting for the Ole Miss Rebels. Camarion Franklin is set to announce this weekend, I believe, and it's an interesting recruiting. And in this day of NIL and everything's going on, you never quite have a grasp about what it could be. I've had conversations with Brian Smith that players that you used to could just say, hey, follow the visits and you could see the actions and kind of figure out where these kids are going. That's not exactly the case now in an era where unlimited official visits is possible and NIL is possible. So just because, like everybody thought with Camarion Franklin, Tennessee and Miami were the main two. Auburn was an afterthought. Now it looks like Auburn might be the favorite if you go by on three, and he could be the place where he commits to when he announces. And Ole Miss knows that as well. And Ole Miss is trying desperately to, at last the last second, um, change his mind. You can see here they're making a huge push for Cam Franklin. And behind the scenes, I've talked to people where it actually is working. Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I think the the draw of Auburn is the fact that Hugh Freeze is from like 30 minutes down the road in Independence. It's kind of from his area with somebody growing up in Lake Cormorant. So that probably played a little bit. Hugh Freeze can be a likable guy. Whenever you talk to him, whenever you go on a recruiting visit, you are going to like his personality. It's just the way it works. Lane Kiffin has an introverted type personality. He does better in the transfer portal and high school recruiting. That's just the way that is. But Ole Miss is trying desperately to change this over through peer pressure throughout the state, okay? First of all, you've had just about Every recruiting staffer, and this is about as close to that line of identifying a recruit as you can get, talking about number fives that have played at Ole Miss. And Kelvin Bolton said, I can only imagine the future number five rocking out, throwing up the land shark, hearing the fans go crazy, family and friends being in attendance, yelling and screaming, be the difference maker, put on the home team, stay home. It's not very hard to figure out who that is for, but this is going on all over the place. They they are trying desperately through recruits and throughout their current commitments and they're pressuring from all angles. It's at the point where you kind of wonder is like, why did Ole Miss wait so long at this point? I mean, he's the number one recruit in the in the state. He's somebody that is a priority for your board. He's the number one recruit on your board. Why are you trying to play it cool? so late in the process to where whenever it looks like it's going another direction, you ramp it up and you turn it up to 11. To me, that just looks like, hey, this is a bullet that's been in the gun the whole time. And the Ole Miss recruits getting all over him, Cam Beavers and Jeffrey Rush and Will Eccles and Maurice Davis, uh, those guys on the defensive line could be 
with Camarion Franklin, one of the best defensive lines that Ole Miss has ever signed. It could be a program-defining defensive line if Camarion Franklin was to choose Ole Miss. Now, Auburn's in the midst of a rebuild. I get that. They haven't had a winning season um, maybe since 2020. I don't know if they had one in 2020. I think they went to a bowl game. That's whenever they were runner-up in the Birmingham Bowl, I think. Um, But they're in the middle of a rebuild. They're further behind where Ole Miss is. Ole Miss is easier to get to where you want to be as a program than Auburn would be right now. Now, Auburn's having a lot of success on the recruiting trail. They have a couple of boosters that's very motivated. I talked to an Auburn source today that was talking about the Camarion Franklin commitment. He said he's genuinely worried about Miami. Ole Miss is genuine. I talked to that one. They're genuinely concerned about Auburn, and you see the RPMs going in. I'm not hearing Tennessee mention that much anymore. But Ole Miss is desperately trying to get in the game. And here's the good news for everybody. It doesn't matter what the commitment is this weekend. Camarion could commit to Auburn, go to Auburn, and Ole Miss is always going to be a threat for that prospect until he uses the first transfer. Because the first time he goes to the University of Auburn and it is not recruiting, because we all – that have worked in that building know that speech. It's one of our favorite speech. The recruiting is over speech. It's the first speech of fall camp, the first speech of spring camp. You sit there and at that point, you promised all of these kids the world. They're going to be the greatest things ever. We can't have, we need to have you. We got to have you all of this stuff to where essentially lies have been pointed out in the recruiting process. Everybody does it. This isn't saying one school or another. It's just what it is. During recruiting, it's like, hey, we're going to build a statue for you. You're going to be the top player that's ever played in our program. And they promise that to about 17 kids a year. So that, in its definition, cannot all be completely true. But whenever that speech happens, wherever it might be, it could be at Ole Miss, could be at Tennessee, could be at Miami, could be at Auburn. Whenever that speech happens, and after it's over, they turn it into actions, and the kid becomes unhappy, similar to what J.J. Pegues did at Auburn. The pull to come home will be great. It's a situation that in recruiting, especially in high school recruiting, you don't necessarily need to win. You just need to be in the top two. You need to be the school that the other one is compared off of. And we'll see, because Ole Miss desperately wants a freshman Camarion Franklin on campus. Don't hear me wrong. If Camarion Franklin picks any other school, this is a loss for Ole Miss. It is not the biggest loss, because there's still opportunities to change it. From a commitment to a signee to a transfer, there's a lot of steps along the way where Ole Miss can correct this problem. But they are projecting right now Auburn. I think that's what the RPMs on on three is. I've seen people talking about Miami being a concern. I've seen people talk about Ole Miss being a concern and the pull of staying home and people talking all about that. We'll have to see exactly what he does, but I am excited for the type player that Camarion Franklin can be no matter where he goes. All I do know is if he did choose Ole Miss, you would have the greatest defensive line class that has happened in my lifetime. It would be better than the class that got Greg Hardy, Perry Jerry, and Marcus Tillman. 
Tillman. It'd be better than that class. So we'll see exactly what happens. I know people want to talk me to talk about the opponents and all of that. And I just, I genuinely just don't care. Uh, uh, you know, if he goes somewhere other than Ole Miss, I only care about him as in the potential for him to come back to Ole Miss. But should he choose to play for his home state team? Should he choose to put on for his state? Should he choose to stay in the SIP? You will have a player with that defensive line with Sunterian Perkins only a year ahead of him to where they're going to be playing at least one year on the field together for a chance that for that defense to be really, really special. This is not that far away on the Ole Miss defense. And we're going to talk in the second segment about the philosophical changes um, in the defensive back room specifically and talk about, you know, TJ Young and um, Dejon Anthony and what the where they kind of fit right now and why they are fitting where they are and why Ole Miss has been so heavy on the defensive side of the ball in the transfer portal. We're going to cover that in the next segment. But if you take what is on the roster for Ole Miss and mix in the defensive line that is being created at Ole Miss right now, Cameron Beavers, Jeffrey Rush, Will Eccles, those guys, Put a Camarion Franklin in at defensive end. You have a front four for three years. And you have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in a while anywhere else. You have a chance to build a legacy that's above and beyond what you think it could be at these other places that in recent history have done things, other players that have done things. At Ole Miss, you have a chance to do something pretty special on a program, on the ascendancy with a chance to be really, really good indeed. I, I, I'm pretty fired up. You can hear me. So we'll see exactly what Camarion Franklin does. I mean, like I said, it's not the end of the world if he commits to another school, but Ole Miss will always be a potential landing spot and pull spot for this player. He is that high on their board. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by Nutrafol. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can go ahead of get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months of taking Nutrafol, men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off of your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college find out why over 4,000 health care professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com slash men spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college that's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on college 
Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. In the first segment, we talked all about Camarion Franklin and the potential of the defense in 2024 and beyond. We're going to talk about the 2023 defense right now, and specifically T.J. Young and Dajon Anthony, two defensive backs that are playing in the safety room for the moment that showed up pretty well in scrimmages for Ole Miss over the last couple of weeks. These are two players that are going to play, I think, a good bit in the defensive backfield, and it's not surprising to me. Now, the one thing that I'd like to point out is Pete Golding was interviewed the other day, and he talked about a philosophical change in the defense through what he does. Now, we just had a defense at Ole Miss that basically had four safeties on the field at all times. We called them box safeties. We did all of that stuff, and we talked about how this Ole Miss defense would look knowing how it was constructed previously. Well, Pete Golding gave us the answer in his preseason press conference, because that's the one time he's going to talk to the media this year, where he talked about how in the defensive backfield, they are going to be very corner heavy. They're going to recruit corners. They're going to find corners to play safety positions because coverage skills are so important in modern football. And whenever you think about it, it makes absolute sense. Of course, coverage corners and cornerbacks would be the way to go for the football team. Of course, that is the way you attack this. And, and, and I was sitting here talking about box safeties and everything a few weeks back. But the one thing else that he talked about that, when he said, hey, we're going to recruit everybody to be corners. We're going to find people to be cornerbacks in the Ole Miss system. But if that player shows the inability to be a high-level speed guy to where they can actually play cornerback at the SEC level, um, at the high NFL level, if we're going to be honest about it, they just shift him over to safety. And so you end up on the field with five guys with elite coverage-type skills, five guys with ball skills. And all you need from them is physicality. You can tell if somebody is a physical corner, maybe he can line up as that one of those two safeties and play the alleys in the run game. Maybe somebody can get back in center field and they have the headspace to be able to do that. And that explains this defense a little bit. Now, Teja Young, or TJ, I'm sorry. It looks like Teja, I think it's TJ Young pointed out that FAU ran the same defense last season as what Pete Golding is bringing to Ole Miss. Obviously, he was recruited by Lane Kiffin and Kanoto Hudson, too. He's been a manageable, manageable transition for him. I think he had four pick sixes last year, by the way, TJ did. Good, good ball player, and he's somebody that has showed out a couple of times in spring practice. So I think he is going to appear during the season. He's somebody to pay attention to. Dejon Anthony is the same way. The other one that I think is going to play center field for Ole Miss is John Saunders, who is a six-foot-four type cornerback that he played at, I think, Miami of Ohio, performed very well against Kentucky last season at corner. I think he's going to be the middle of the field person. So those are going to be the three primary cover guys. And then you have DeAndre Pranch, you have Samari Walton, you have Deshaun Gaddy playing at the corner position, three to play two. So there's a nice rotation developing for Ole Miss football in the defensive backfield. Now, 
talk about Dejan Anthony. He just wanted the bigger stage. Everybody wonders why these players um, transfer. And they think there's a stigma with transfers. And it comes from what transferring used to be to where you get a transfer to your program. Like, say, when Dwayne Dotson went to Ole Miss, okay, Dwayne Dotson was a heck of a player. Dwayne Dotson, honestly, was one of my favorite players in Ole Miss history. But him coming from Tennessee, the first question they that everybody asked about it is, what's wrong? What happened? Why is he here? Why is he not at Tennessee? And that mindset still permeates college football even to this day. The Kansas State system of utilizing their JUCOs to build a championship-level football team with Michael Bishop and the guys around the turn of the century into the 90s, constantly everybody talked about this is not sustainable. You cannot do that. And eventually it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. For instance, like just to change the subject, talking about self-fulfilling prophecies, like if you have a quarterback and they say our offense is too complex for a true freshman quarterback to run. Our offense is too complex for a a true freshman quarterback to run. And you say it over and over again. And you can't do this as a true freshman. It's too hard. You can't do this. You can't expect a true freshman to be able to pick this up. Eventually that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and you have true freshmen that are not working hard enough to win the job. And if something happens, it's hard for those true freshmen to come in and do the job that is being required because the offense is too hard for them. Same thing happens with transfers and all that. The narrative becomes the truth. This is this can't be the way to do something because uh, somebody said it's not the way to do something, even though it might not be true at all. And that we are definitely not far enough along in this to make any rational decision about it. It it just kind of is what it is, honestly. Ole Miss is a transfer school at the moment. It is. There's nothing wrong with it. Embrace it. If you look at the talent on this roster, it is multiple times better than anything that has happened in our lifetime. The most talented team that Ole Miss had in my lifetime before these last two years was probably the 2018. That was probably the best Ole Miss team in my lifetime. That team was completely beaten down by Ed Orgeron and ended up losing four games. By the end of the year, they were the best team in the country. And that's the ceiling for Ole Miss football, the best team in the country. Now, can it happen every year? I I don't know. I think there's – I'm having a discussion on our Discord channel right now about it, but there's probably five to nine schools – in the country that have resources beyond a point that Ole Miss can hope to get to. That's just the way this works. Just as Ole Miss, no matter what they do, no matter how efficient they are, will ever be Texas. It, that's just the way it is. Now, Ole Miss's ceiling is national championship. Ole Miss's ceiling is basically what Penn State or Clemson has done recently. That's what Ole Miss can do as a program. Now, how do we get there? I think sustained success and doing what Ole Miss is doing right now is a major part for what they need to do. They need to grow the fan base. Ole Miss spent the better part of 40 years limiting their fan base. Not going to get into why. I'm not going to litigate that in any way. But 
the fact of the matter is the fan base now isn't as large as others because of that limited. Ole Miss now is trying to grow that fan base and play catch up. And they are. They're doing a fantastic job with the advent of Lane Kiffin. That has put jet fuel on the fan base's growth. And over a short period of time, this fan base went from a very small, a little bit larger than Vandy fan base to in a conversation with the states, Missouri, South Carolina. I'm not talking about amount of money. I'm talking about just size of the fan base. And as the success grows, as the success happens, you're going to grow that fan base a little bit more and your NIL budget is going to get a little bit better. And it, and it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. You know what makes a blue blood? Your belief that you're a blue blood. That's the only thing. Notre Dame is a, looked at as a blue blood because they call themselves a blue blood. Oklahoma is looked at as blue blood because they call themselves that. They have resources, but their fan base and their attitude has allowed that fan base to grow, which allows now in this age of NIL to add a little more money to the pool. So the important thing for Ole Miss to do right now is to hit this transfer portal really hard. Every year, do whatever it has to do. You're going to have swings and ebbs and flows about years. You might have one year when you win 10 or 11 games and one year when you win seven. The important thing is to not to back-to-back those too much. Once you do that, your high school recruiting is going to get gradually better with the advent of more NIL. And then all of a sudden, you're in the conversation with the other schools that are in the top 15 or 16 in the country uh, with resources that everybody else can be jealous of. Just is what it is. It's the reality of college football today. It's the reality of college sports today. Nobody wants to do anything about what's going on in the NIL space right now, namely because there's probably seven or eight programs, six or seven programs that are really benefiting from this chaos. Eventually, they're going to have to reel it in. But until then, you got to play within the confines of what the rules currently are. If you try to play on the confines of what things should be, all that's going to happen is coach is going to get fired and you're not going to be where you need to be. And we're going to talk about when we come back, we're going to have a question about in this NIL era, what does it mean for like rebuilding and stuff like that? Because all of this is changing. And it's a pretty interesting thing. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every single day. And if you look for everydayers, we got plenty of interviews, so many interviews. We got mainstays like Pratt Rogers and Tom Vanderford and Derek Vandegriff. And then we have 90s Ole Miss heroes like Stuart Patridge. We got Bill Flowers, one of Eli's wide receivers. Um, Mike Espy has said, yes, we have not ironed out the time yet. We have a special guest coming up as well. We got a, we got a ton of stuff. Gen- generally, we have a ton of stuff. So I hope you stick around for that and enjoy all the interviews that come up at 7 o'clock every day and on the weekends. Also, Brian Smith is going to be in here. He'll probably be able to talk about Camarion Franklin because that is airing on Saturday. So in our viewer mail segment, that we get from our discord server, which if you want to join our discord on the link is in the description. If it's not working, if it's expired, ask me for it. I'll genuinely get it for you. If your account looks like a burner and a troll, 
I'm not going to put the link in that thread. I, I'm just not. Um, but if you're serious about it and you want it to come in there, we'll, we're more than happy to have you. It's a zero tolerance po um, policy. We're there to have fun. And so far, we're having a really good time debating college football and things like that. So join the Discord server. The link is down in the description. All right. Now, if you look at the viewer mail, Will I Am with a question. Do you think NIL will turn into a roadblock for struggling programs? Probably not in the SEC, but for other schools, since less people will donate and to a collective for programs that aren't having success. Makes me wonder if the rebuild and the climb out just got a bit harder. I think the answer to that is probably maybe. That's a, that's a solid maybe, Will. Um, like Kansas right now, they're doing this in the age of NIL, and Kansas was about as down hard as any program can be. What it takes in the age of NIL is one motivated booster that's willing to turn this around. One motivated booster. We, you hear me talk about collectives and Mississippi State and Auburn and all those things about their collectives not being overly ambitious or, and things like that. But if you have a rich booster, you can make some hay in the NIL space. Now, nothing sustainable. Those are the people that makes it hard. If you are 2-10, and 10, it makes them hard for them to put a ton of money into it. But if you are in decent shape, you can go to that well. It's why collectives are so important. It is so that the down years, if one year happens to, it isn't quite what you expect it to be. If it gets down to a level that is hurtful, it basically protects you from the boosters that just like washes their hands of it and says, I'm done. The collective will be there when these boosters are taking the time off. When the emotion of donating, let's say $10 million over three years, for NIL, that's become wearisome. So we'll see exactly what happens there. I think that the NIL space makes it easier for struggling programs to bounce back. It also can make it harder if you want to bounce back just by regular means because recruiting becomes a little bit more difficult. Now, Dega Omega from Discord says, if Ole Miss can sign Cam Franklin, how big of an impact could he play into signing more high school top high school recruits, not only with in-state recruits, but also on the national level? I don't know how much how many, how the coattails are for Cam Franklin. I don't know if he will affect 2024 at all. I, I, I think he's a good get and he's important for the Ole Miss football team as a whole just by himself. I don't know if coattails are a situation he, that we're looking at. He's he's kind of a guy that's been doing his whole own thing this whole time. And we will see what happens. I know that Ole Miss is putting a full court press on the kid at the moment. And until he announces, which might very well be for another school, it's not going to end there. They're not going to give up. It's not going to be over. There's going to be people celebrating and acting like they want a football game but it's not going to be over. It's not going to be over, honestly, until he transfers and he can't go again. Because he, Ole Miss will always be a threat for Camarion Franklin. Always. Now, signing day, first transfer. The first time they get he gets into an argument, an upset argument with a football coach, Ole Miss is on the table and in the back of the mind. It is important for Ole Miss, and we, I, like I said before, Ole Miss wants to land him. It's better to have a commitment than not. So don't hear that I'm saying that this doesn't matter. 
I'm saying that Ole Miss desperately needs to be in the final two. If this is a situation where it's Auburn and Miami as his top two, this is a failure from the staff. Ole Miss needs to get in that top two regardless because they need to always be in that threat to be like a J.J. Pegues type situation and bring the kid home. Should something happen and Auburn is without a football coach? Should they change defensive coordinators? Should any of that happen? Should Ole Miss go out and hire Jeremy Garrett? All of that is very, very important for Ole Miss football. So should be pretty interesting indeed. I do want to thank everybody for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast. Every dayers, tune in. We got interviews out the wazoo this weekend. So they'll be popping up at 7 o'clock Eastern at night and over the weekend as well as we continue our Ole Miss every day that we have been doing now for a good bit of time. So you can just watch us 30 minutes. You get information. You get um, learning. You talk to experts that are in their field, and you can figure out exactly what's going on around Ole Miss football. It's not honestly a better place to do it, and it just doesn't suck away your time while you're doing it. So thank you very much for that. I hope everybody has a good Wednesday. Until tomorrow, we'll see you then. Hotty toddy.